Welcome back to Life After High School, everybody. My name is Glenn Younger-Gorse, and each week I look to bring you an impactful guest, message, story, and lesson to help you reach your wildest goals. Thank you for hanging out with me today, and let the show begin. It's the Life After High School podcast. Let's not record that. Yeah, I'll edit that part out. But uh, Troy, dude, cheers, buddy. Thanks for coming on the cheers, show. Bro. Thanks for uh, Absolutely. hopefully being Pleasure, warm man. today. And uh, bringing the bringing a the pints. Bit of, uh, ASMR there right at the beginning. Yeah, you know? just get a little a little close to the camera. So, um, for people who don't know you, or for well, actually, help me out. Um, take me through kind of your uh, like who you are and like your journey from your life, like leaving like kind of high school, post secondary school to kind of where we are now, and we can go back through it full circle. <sighs> How about we get into the nitty gritty of high school itself? Because that's a pretty crazy Perfect. experience, right? Perfect. Let's do it. But, so, to, like, create a foundation here, I grew yeah. up in a really small town. So I grew up in a town of, like, 4,000 people. It's called Eric Falls. It's, like, maybe, like, four hours away from the city. It's cold, eh? Isn't it just genuinely cold, though? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it is cold, yes. Yeah. And lots more snow. A, a hell really? of a lot more snow, man. Jeez. Um, but, but Iroquois Falls, like, small mint. Okay, so you have you have a city that sometimes cities have small small mentalities right so when you have like the 250,000 people you have let's say you know you, you have a lot of people then you have like a big space but like you have that small mentality lots of drama blah 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 yeah now condense that into like 4,000 people and then put it everybody in a high school right no. you're like okay Jeez. okay lots of personalities lots of flavors amazing right? and I went through some pretty weird like like pretty weird like uh experience <laughs> not experiences but like uh <laughs> growth experiences yeah. where it's like okay like this is who i am as a person and then you like kind of like flip-flop you're like no okay i went through that phase yeah. on to the next so that in itself is not very friendly in eric falls because yeah. it's like eric falls is like he like motors he likes skidooing you like you know like going fishing and hunting and stuff which i do enjoy yeah i love all those things sure but like i'm also a nerd and yeah. i'm like and like back when being a nerd wasn't cool right like i know that that's uh, dude i'm like aging yeah, myself a... already but like the reality is is like when i grew up in high school like being a nerd was not yeah cool, it wasn't something right? that everybody yeah that, like it just wasn't a thing a little bit yeah so then from there like that whole the whole high school experience of me like figuring myself out was yeah. like in itself a challenge um and then it's like ultimately actually what like brought me to martial arts because um i i ultimately wanted to do something as a kid i've always wanted like a like a like a, a hobby or something to like put myself into et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. and uh it was like really challenging because we just didn't have the funds as a family right so then moving forward from like not having funds and like trying to like always wanted to play hockey mm -hmm. Eric Falls is a hockey town no of course it was like I just wanted that I just really really wanted that so um I showcased that and uh it was actually my my biological father that brought me into uh ultimately martial arts judo actually oh, sick um, and this was like in that like in you know when you like in, in, in high school it's like that nitty gritty yeah like experimental phase but almost. like you're just you're just awkward you know what I mean yeah. you're awkward you there's tons of emotions bro Oof. like yeah yeah you Preach. just you just have some like really interesting experiences with your own like existence kind of deal mm -hmm. um outside of that 
my biological father like grew up like out like outside of my life and then he came back into my life and I kind of like voiced the idea that I, I didn't have access to these things in mm -hmm. high school um, whether it would be sport or hockey or yeah. whatever I really wanted to play hockey and he was like well there's a judo club underneath my apartment building and there was like eight people bro like this is like a super oh, small wow. gym yeah super small gym uh sensei paul pru actually was Shout the man out. yeah yeah oh yeah jack by, jack by judo it's not even a thing anymore man it's really crazy. yeah because like oh, that's man. how that's how weird irko falls is sometimes like you have something that's really amazing like yeah. pure but like small mentalities will like gravitate to the the like the silly things in life mm -hmm. like uh alcohol abuse like substance abuse yeah. getting in trouble like was like you had nothing to do in a, as a kid outside yeah. of those hobbies she just messed around a bunch and yeah just made stupid decisions but, uh, but then yeah so like ultimately when it came down to yeah. to uh to martial arts like and came down to like starting judo and stuff that's when it's like i was able to like break out of this like really uncomfortable phase of high school yeah i was like okay i know who i am now i really like like i really like judo i really like martial arts uh, I was this door was open for me, and then from there, uh, graduating, graduating high school and like leaving Eric Falls and coming to Sudbury, was uh, when I left judo. I kind of like I know this is gonna sound funny, but like there was like me trying to like find martial arts again yeah. as soon as I left. It like was like a better situation almost. Oh man, but like I don't know, man. It was just it was just weird. Like, I, do you ever have something in your life that like? It, you're so passionate about it well no like you can't even live without it essentially and it's not like uh it's not in an addictive type of way mm -hmm. it's like that when you do the activity it like sings to your soul kind of deal yeah do you do you share a similar i have um if i don't do this might be a way of like how i experience that but i'll use jujitsu as a commonality but with jujitsu and the podcast are two things that if I don't do them for like longer than like a week or two, I get like really bad anxiety that I almost like, I'm, I'm like, nothing fixes it. I'm like, yeah. I could lift weights. Not that won't solve it. And go hang with friends. That won't solve it. Nothing gets me. As soon as I go back on the mess, I'm like, okay. And I was like, I could either, those times are like usually the toughest ones. And I build them up in my head where I'm like, Oh, this is, I'm going to get killed today. Cause I've been off for two weeks. <laughs> but then you're missing that. Like, you have You're talking about jujitsu at that yeah, point. Yeah, specifically, right? Yeah. I'm going to get killed today on the streets. Of... Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. Thankfully. Not here. Um, so, doing that, I'm like, oh, man, like I'm, this is not going to be good. And then I go, and it's actually like a pretty like smooth session. I don't feel like I've lost too much in that time. Hmm. I do feel like I'm like, like, I shouldn't have done that. But if I'm when I do, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I'm in the, like an element. I'm just like... Do you think the anxiety is like a FOMO thing? Fear of missing out? Yeah, I like think you feel so. like you're regressing, kind of deal. Yeah, and the same like, with the podcast. Like exactly. I, a hundred percent. So exactly, like, yeah, we can branch into a million conversations sure. here. But like uh, passions as well as like uh, writing. I've always wanted. I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm writing a book right now. I've Sweet. been trying to write a like a been trying to devise devise a a fantasy realm from scratch, like building oh, my wow. own universe. Sweet. something. But like, if I feel like I take myself away from that, I get nervous and anxious about the idea that I'm not like, I'm like regressing. I'm not doing yeah. the thing that I said I was going to do essentially. Right. right. And then it's like, man, like w I, how can I redirect myself and like redirecting myself? The anxiety is like a power to that. Like mm -hmm. it, it like pushes that forward of like, no, I, I need to do this. I said, I wanted to do this. Right. So I'm going to do this. 
Um, Interesting. That actually in itself drove martial arts after I left high school. Because yeah. like when I came to Sudbury, I went to Cambrian. Mm-hmm. And um, what as like the the college experience is something, yeah. But it wasn't like absolutely amazing. Like it wasn't it was like the like the either. yeah the movies like like Hollywood always like overhypes things right everything. And it just wasn't like I had fun. It was great. Uh, but I went there to actually like learn something, and then yeah. you you find out like you find out that like. The, the programs there and like sometimes it's a meme man. like yeah specifically trades programs but like <laughs> they just like really want you to show up essentially is yeah. what they want just like a, um, so then after the after like the the whole experience with yeah. college and like pushing that away um, I found I know this is gonna this is funny because I found Jesse Cronier yeah at Cambrian so Jesse and I knew each other way prior, like back in the MSN days. Oh, come on. MSN days. Let's go. (laughs) Wow. So so I knew Jesse way before, and Jesse was like in his music. He was like a video game, dude? Yeah. I know what what MSN. What is MSN? What, AOL, bro? Imagine that. Now we're going way... Nah. I don't know. I didn't actually... AOL was like the previous version, so there was like... Oh, wow. AOL was like the... Yeah, basically like a... A prototype MSN. It was something. Dude, MSN fucking... We spat fire on MSN, yeah? bro. <laughs> like, come on, man. You go, <laughs> come home after school, right on MSN, bro. <laughs> Talking to all the cuties. Come on, bro. <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> but uh, but I knew Jesse, I knew Jesse from there. We uh, He was in a music phase. Yeah. And... Uh, but then he said he was moving to Sudbury to do kickboxing. Mm-hmm. And then that's when his like whole experience kind of blew up from there. Yeah. And, ah, uh, man, this story is hilarious. It's But it's hilarious because I have to admit something. So, Jesse, I was trying to follow your girlfriend at the fucking party that we were at because I thought she was cute. And so, like, I was trying to talk to this girl, okay? And then it kind of, like led me to him it was the weirdest thing but uh, that like you didn't know they were together no i had no yeah. idea i just want to make sure that i had clear. no idea but then when we when when we met up and it was he's like oh yeah this is this is my boyfriend jesse i'm like dude jesse like holy fuck bro. like what's going on right yeah, now this is crazy. and then he immediately opened the door to martial arts so that's how that's how fucking weird yeah, that you're experience su- like was. you're supposed to do that but like, think of the intentions behind the original meeting, though. Like, yeah. I'm like, I think this girl's cute, yeah. And I'm like, following her to my destiny of then doing jujitsu for the next eleven years of my life and Insane. finding my craziest passion. Like, that does, doesn't even make sense. But that's so cool, though. Like, looking back on things like that in time periods and going, "Wow, like that's I can't believe I had that much." Like it, something so small at the time it was like, "Oh it's yeah, a no, joke this chick's cute." Now yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's all for a reason. I'm meant to do. It. Oh man, that's it doesn't. Even, it doesn't even make sense. I, like I run it back, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, um, nice. But yeah, so like Cronier just like introduced me to the gyms in town, or yeah. like the gym he was training in at the time. Yeah. And then it just like snowballed from there. Um, I think probably the majority of like the after high school thing, like, man, you have no idea of like who you are, mm-hmm. even like 18, 19, 20, 21 oh, years God, old. No. Like, I think I just had a, maybe a glimpse of it at 25. And I'm 31 now. Jeez, eh? So it's like... Oh, yeah, you're young as fuck. 
I'm young. Wow. Yeah. How old are you? 26. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice joke, bro. Appreciate it. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Dude, I no, actually I'm, feel stupid. I was thinking thing. about it earlier. I was like, oh, like, how old is Trey? I'm like, he's got, I'm like, he can't be, I'm like, I'm going to say he's young, and then he's going to be like, I'm actually 43. Whoa. And I'm like, nah, probably not. Do I look 43, no. bro? Oh, no, man. not for a minute. I was, I kind of got down on myself yeah. there for a second. You look like, early 30s. Damn, dude. Like 100%. Look early 30s. I appreciate that. Yeah, dude. I, I think uh, I think your life definitely starts anywhere between 25 to 30. Like, yeah. I mean, starts yeah, in so. a sense of like understanding. Yeah, uh, and like discovery a, and stuff. Understanding where you stand as a person for sure. Yeah, I think so. And then in that time, kind of what, like, what did you, uh, what did you go to school for? Like, what was the, uh... I went to uh, heavy duty mechanic actually. Oh, geez. It was a great program. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie. I had a, I had a great time learning the trade. It was super fun. Like, Cambrian had a great program. Yeah. It really did. Um, they had great teachers, too. Like, they were super down to earth. Super down to earth. There was a guy, like, shout out to Fred, man. Like, that guy was amazing. We would show up, oh. and he would just, as long as we did our part, he didn't care. He didn't care at all. Um, nice. And we, we legitimately learned some. Like, that guy, you want to talk about, like, traveling the world and stuff. That that dude worked for Tormont. So like yeah. cat, like caterpillar. Yeah. Um, and he was like a mechanic that they would send all over the world for their machines. And amazing. It, man, the stories, dude. He would tell in class. Yeah. And just what's one that he told that stood out for you? Well, actually, it was more of like not the people that he met, but like the experiences, like the the bar experiences, going into like different mm -hmm. countries and being in like a, a social atmosphere. Um, Jeez. Another thing too of like him. Uh, just like the yeah, different cultures too, the different culture thing was like pretty legit. But like, man, to like to actually pinpoint a story, that's tough. I have like a huge memory problem, so. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like when Kicking it comes. Head too many times, yeah. Oh, dude, I attest that to like all the literally the head trauma that I yeah. received as a kid, dude. It's crazy. Jeez. But like in terms, like I don't know about you. Do you remember? Do you remember anything from 10 years old down? No. Okay. I might have glimpses here and there. That kind of makes me feel better. I'm not even going to lie. Oh, no. That's fair. I, 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 can, I, like I can barely. Glimpses. Like, barely. You know how, like, when you remember then. something, it's like a video feed? Yeah. It's like, it's not black and white. No. Sort of, sometimes. Is it? Sometimes. <laughs> but, like, it's Depends like this, it's the... like these, like, like, pictures running through your mind yeah. that creates almost like a video feed. I have almost none of that after 10. Oh, wow. Or, sorry, before, before 10. 10 yeah. yeah. Like, almost none of it. Oh. It's like, I wonder if that's like CTE. Actually, probably a lot of childhood trauma, that's for sure. Yeah. Outside of, like, dealing with a lot of physical abuse, like, it became, like, this thing where, um, like, again, like, when you grow up in a small town and you mm -hmm. kind of stick out, mm -hmm. there's, like, a Chinese saying, I, I believe it's Chinese, like, yeah we'll say saying, I guess, in English, would be, like, the hammer, or the nail that sticks out gets hammered. Oh. Have you ever heard that before? No, but, like, that makes sense. Right, like, yeah, it makes sense very, in like... a scenario where people are, like, so similar, yeah. right? Like, 4,000 people, probably, like, 2,000 of them are, like, elderly people, mm -hmm. and then, like, a 1,000 kids, and then all of those kids enjoy roughly the same thing. Right. Right. Whether it be like outside or whatever. And then all of a sudden you come in with and like you, your group of friends and you're like, yeah. yo, I like doing this stuff. And it's like, you're uh -huh. kind of fucked. Like, you're kind of fucked up. You weird. know what I mean? Yeah. Why are you 
And it's like no harm to anybody. Like the reality is everybody was going through their own experience at that yeah. time. But uh but yeah, it definitely changed. Like I had like one of those experiences where you know, you get bullied yeah. to the point where you become the bully. Ugh. It was a terrible experience. I learned a lot, man. Yeah. I learned a lot. Was that after 10 or before 10? No, I guess it would be after 10. No, it was probably about like 13 or 14. Yeah. yeah. And Damn. it was like, you ever, actually, I have a question for you. Do you ever have like a, a teacher that just like had this crazy impact on your life? Yeah, I have like uh, one from each kind of, one or two from each like elementary um, school and then uh, high school and fucking college, yeah. Yeah, and, like, what was the biggest impact on, like, your elementary? Because, like, don't you find, like, you have way bigger impacts mm -hmm. being younger, right? Yeah, I think they, like, they change your course a bit. Um, I remember having, I think more from high school. I like two or three from high school. But mm -hmm. I think, I'm trying to remember one. I don't know if I have one good one from elementary school. Um, oh, man. I think there's just one that, like, uh, oh, yeah, I think it was in grade six. So actually, here's a great story. So in grade six, um, like five, six split, I think my, uh, my, I think it was like my math teacher and my English and or my, and my French. So my English teacher and my French teacher at the time, um, one of the things was like Mr. DeMarco and then the other one was like Miss LeBrack. She's now still like a Facebook friend of mine. Nice. It's great. And she, uh, I have a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I do. I love him. Like huge impact oh, yeah. on my life for sure. But, um, so he, what he did was he kind of made math like first time I'd done math in English and like the switch just wasn't working for me and he just kind of made like he I can't remember what he did but he changed my like the way I see problems mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as like and I think this actually this is something where this is where I learned this like specifically was and I get into this debate with people where they're like oh well nowadays kids don't it's like well kids don't learn like why are you solving for x like why is that relevant and I'm like well I understand from a base level why it's not, it doesn't seem or come across or appear relevant, but it's not so much what the problem you're doing, it's what your brain is doing to solve the problem is what we're trying to train into students. And he kind of made me, like, he's like, Glenn, it's not the problem you're trying to solve, it's the problem-solving skill in your brain that we're trying to develop. Yeah. Like, trying to get those Imagine gears that. functioning. Imagine that. Like, like imagine uh, trying to develop a critical thinker as opposed yeah. to that's that's phenomenal that that dude did that. For Which you. is yeah, man, and that's what that's like one thing that kind of like stood out from that. And then I had one who was like, she was a Olympic or national level like uh, like runner in her day. And then when she was teaching, she brought in like these uh, every now and then she'd bring in these Olympians to do um, like speeches or to meet us before and whatever. And this guy Adam Creek. Who, so keep in mind, I was like 12 or 13 probably mm -hmm. at the mm -hmm. time, grade six. And so uh, she brought this guy in and he did this like crazy speech about like what he was doing and like what he was gathering money for, excuse me. And then doing all this, I don't know how old I would be if I was in grade six, I'd probably like 10, 11, 12. Uh, well, you're a 13 I'd in probably, grade nine, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, probably like 12, we'll call it 12, 12, 13. When? Mm -hmm. Ten? Yeah, I, think the, I thought you said your math teacher a, said. Yeah. <laughs> I was. Uh, he didn't teach me how to count, <laughs> he but he. Uh, he didn't teach me math. Bro. Yeah, he just like, made me. I a can solve problems. Problem. I just can't. Uh, I can't. You you would have been. You would have been like ten. You would have yeah. been like ten. So what happened is so crazy 
is um, this guy Adam Creek came. He was one of the Olympics who, Olympians. Sorry, who came and like did a speech, tell us about whatever he's doing. We're like, eh, cool. I remember like I have a photo. I think my first ever Facebook profile photo is like me with his Olympic gold medal from Beijing in two thousand eight. Okay, and I was like crazy, dude. Last year he came on the show. Oh, sick. Yeah, and then I told him the story. I opened with that. That's amazing. And he was like, and then I sent her the link to it, and I was like, watch the first two and a half minutes. And she's like, oh my God, that's the craziest thing. That was so long ago. Oh my God. And but I'm like, it had yeah, a, it was cool. obviously had an impact for sure. Yeah, so those kind of things that have kind of like, I still think about to this day of like the problem solving and then like meeting people coming full circle and meeting them as an adult and they don't feel they've done much in the time, but you've done all your growing. Because like time affects you differently depending on your age. So I'm like, oh, years seem not as much when you're 60. They don't seem as long. But when you're a six-year-old, it's like one year. It's like a quarter of your life. Yeah, 100%. Roughly. So it's like I look at time in a different way when at that age. It's very weird. Oh, my God, yeah. So, yeah, that was, a, that was the first set of examples, though, for... You, your experience with, like, your teacher developing your critical thinking was, mm -hmm. like, the flip that happened to me for self-awareness. Yeah. So, like, my grade 8 teacher, Luke Vachon, unfortunately passed away. Um, he was, like, a wicked an amazing advocate for mental health, believe it or not. Wow. And, uh, he, uh, man, he had some demons. You're talking about a, this, this guy. I need to, I need to tell this story. Mm -hmm. This guy would come to class sometimes, man. D this man's whole life as like an adult was essentially a tragedy. And, uh, he, he fell in love mm -hmm. and he, <laughs> this is crazy to think about, man. Cause it's like what, the experience that he gave to us through his suffering was amazing, man. But he, nice. so he, he fell in love. He had, he had a, you know, beautiful life, beautiful wife, teacher, pregnant. His wife was pregnant eight months and she fucking died in a canoe trip. No. Like, and he, this man woke up on the fucking beach <laughs> of his crashed fucking canoe with his wife in the fucking water with his fucking eight months. Come on. Like, That's the worst story and I've ever th heard. this man would come into class knowing that he... Like, we were his kids, bro. Mm -hmm. And uh, there would be times... There would be times, bro, he would just... He would he would crack. And he would cry in his seat, bro. In front of his whole class. Just break down, He right? would break down. Wow. Yeah. Like, break Jesus down, Christ. dude. Like, he would be crying and leave the class, man. And then the principal would take over and, like... Bro, wow. it, it was it was intense to see. First of all, a man ex expelling that type of emotion, right? Yeah, like we live in a world too. where that doesn't really exist, it's or it's like upon, yeah. it's like showcasing itself now there. But mm. like this man was like legitimately traumatized. Okay, from 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 kid to adult. Mm. Wow. And then this guy, like I'm I'm in this fucking stage where I think I'm king shit, and mm -hmm. I'm like trying to like bully all the fucking bullies that used to bully me in school. Yeah. And like be, cause like, I was I was pretty big as a kid. Like yeah. I kind of like trained myself to be big. Like right. it was kind of silly, but like, cue the Rocky theme kind of shit, mm -hmm. where it was like, mm -hmm. I don't want to be bullied. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then from there, cue the idea of me kind of yeah. like being like, I'm, I don't want to be bullied anymore. Right. Become this like tyrant myself that like just wasn't was I didn't I could have been a lot nicer for sure. Yeah. And then this guy stares at me across the fucking room, looks at me in the face, and he's like, Troy, you're a fucking asshole. And it was like, holy crap, I am an asshole. You know, you're like, whoa, whoa like, you're, you're right. 
You know what I mean? Uh, and then, like, he just, he broke it down. He's like, do you want to be, you know, like, villain arc type mm-hmm. shit? You know what I mean? Like, is this your villain arc, bro? Yeah. Because, like, you don't have to go down this path. Right. Yeah. Dude, what a life changer. And this is coming from a guy who lost everything. Bro. Yeah. And he's staring me at the, like, this fucking yeah. 13-year-old kid. And he's like, bro, be soul. a better man, basically. Yeah. Like, and it was like, I love you to death, Luke Fashion. Yeah, rest Cheers. in peace. That was a... Cheers to that. Mm. Wow, that's a what an that's a heavy one, yeah. Yeah, and Jeez. and like that, like that fueled me for like most of the time. Where it's like, you know, we just go through some stuff, but like, man, you gotta see the light. Yeah, you gotta see the light. You gotta push through that, and then just be like, hey, like that made me a better person. And don't, like, dwell on mistakes either. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that people do that with high school as well. Like, yeah, man. Like, I was a weird-ass fucking kid in high school. Mm-hmm. I went through so many phases, dude. Yeah. But, like, I don't regret any of that. And I don't, right. like, hold that in my soul. And I'm yeah, like, like, oh, oh man. Like, kinda... somebody from Miracle... Oh, shit. Like, no. Hey, how's it going? Like, Ooh, I'm a... Yeah. You don't know me anymore. Like, you're... You don't yeah. know me anymore. I'm 31 years old, bro. You don't yeah, know me anymore. Person. You know what I mean? Shedded like, all that. Yeah, like... I was able to like transcend that yeah. being that I was at 13 years old. Dude, it was weird. I was having this. Uh, I was telling somebody about this because somebody came up to me like Saturday when I was at a. I was out at having drinks with some friends, and they're like, uh, it was buddy's birthday party, and he was like, uh, there's somebody who came up to me in the grand and was like, um, in the grand yeah. of all fucking places, yeah. and they're dude. like, oh my god, Glenn, how are <laughs> like I like oh my god, and I'm like. Oh yeah, you know, and then I heard them go. They're like, "Oh man, buddy, look, he's three sheets of the wind." And the guy looks at my friends. He's like, "Yo, I've known this guy for like ten years," and I'm like, "No, you know the guy from ten years ago." Yeah, exactly. Don't know me. I don't play basketball anymore. I don't. Uh, I don't have a buzz cut. I have facial hair. I know a lot of things now. Um, I've done things that. I wanted to do. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's like I'm a completely different person, man. Some, some people same, take, but... some people literally take the snapshot of high school and they're like, "That's life." That's how it is. That's yeah. it. my little <laughs> brother is the prime example of that. Really? Yeah, it's bad. shit, man. Yeah, it's all right though. But I mean, for me, because it's not me. But yeah, no, that's uh, like I know a handful of people like that, and in that, but that's the small town like idea, right? I hundred percent agree with you. Oh, like oh, I've gotten here, grown up, and like I left and came back to like see families see like grandma who's on the 18th hole of life um i hope she has part bro yeah or wait birdie and birdie let's go <laughs> birdie let's go me too thanks and so yeah i would like come back spend time with them see them and then uh see where the next chapter takes me but that's kind of what i've seen in like a lot of smaller town people and i find there's the people who stay and it's like oh man and you're like dude like, if you go back to Iroquois Falls, I'm sure you, like, it would all seem the same. Uh, but sort well, of, right? I, I think you actually yeah. said the answer to why that happens, which is basically people don't leave their hometown, mm-hmm. and they're left in a scenario where they have absolutely no idea yeah. what the world is like outside. Right. It's, uh... All right, so, uh... So, kind of switching gears a bit, um, you talked a bit about, um like how martial arts actually you talked quite a bit about how like martial arts kind of like affected your upbringing then when you got the opportunities you kind of it almost led you like you were led to it um literally yeah led to it like literally um how'd you get started in like jujitsu 
Like, how did all that get started? Like, how did your get started to record you? Man. Kickboxing first. So, kickboxing. We use the term kickboxing now, which actually irritates the living shit out of me because it's not kick... Like, we are learning kickboxing, but truly we're learning a very watered-down Muay Thai now, which is really unfortunate. Um, Muay Thai is a lot more than just punching and kicking yeah. and maybe knees every now and then. <laughs> Um, all kinds of stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful art, and I think that a lot of people are are watering it down. It's really unfortunate. Um, but uh, but yeah. So I started with Muay Thai uh, with Jesse, which is hilarious because Jesse, I guess, wanted to give me payback on following his girl around at the party because uh, he we you know you normally never spar your first class. Yeah. And we fucking sparred. And he flying kneed me in the chest. And no. Like knocked the wind out of me. It was hilarious. Classic. It was amazing. I was hooked, yeah. though. I was like a 19-year-old kid, just like full of testosterone. I can do this like, to somebody. Holy shit. Oh, let's, let's go. Let's go. So uh, from there, yeah. The, so did Muay Thai for six months. I had my first Muay Thai fight, which was, if you guys have ever not competed in combative martial arts, like, just do it. Just do it. Is that like a wrestling, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu? Just, just, just do any combative martial art and then compete because you want to talk about an experience. It's insane. Like yeah, it's insane. Outside of like being like your worst enemy, right? Like you're you're in your head, you're doing your thing. Like and you're before in competition, your head. and like don't get me wrong, all competition I think is like that. Mm-hmm. You go through an experience where you're like, I need to convince myself that I'm ready. Essentially, yeah. That's why you just train your hardest, and that's all she wrote. You know what I mean? Mm. Um. But uh, when you're, like, fighting a human being, I don't know, man. There's, like, something about that experience where you're, Let's like... Go. And then you have, like, 300 people. Like, my, yeah. my first Muay Thai fight, Henzo Gracie was in the audience, bro. Come on. Like, he did a seminar. What? In, yeah, dude. It was crazy, bro. He, he did a seminar um, at Ottawa, and we were fighting Got to Know, and it was, like... It was crazy, bro. Like That's it was insane. amazing. Like, did he watch the fight? Man, probably not. No, I probably watched you know it. Mean? Dude. It was a, oh, it. dude, we had the craziest barn burner. He probably like, watched known it. to man. We were literally just throwing hands for. Like, just one I think it was like right? three. Is it three minute? Three minute rounds? I, I believe so, it's three. Yeah. yeah, three minute rounds. Three three minute rounds. Three threes, yeah. Madness. Insane, dude. Madness of just you want to talk about CTE, man. That's, That's how you get, get it. Yeah. That's where you get. it. <laughs> But uh, awesome. But yeah, so from there, after my first fight, believe it or not, in my fight, I actually got knocked out, yeah. and it was like, I, I it didn't feel good. Like we no. were we were in a tie clinch, mm-hmm. and I was feeding him knees, mm-hmm. and I broke, and he jabbed me, and I was oh, like no. eating jabs the whole fight, yeah. and uh, my legs shut off. What? Like it? Like it wasn't like when you get knocked out, like your eyes, you know, you call it, and boom, you're gone. Like, I was fully conscious. Your legs just stopped working. And my legs stopped working. Just and I was off, like, man. wait a minute. Like, whoa, like, they're supposed to be on that, me. That did not do well. Oh, I remember going no. back to my corner and telling my, my coach, like, yo, I, I got knocked out. Nice. Like, I got... I fell over because I couldn't control my legs. Like, and he's like, "Don't worry about that, bro." Like, third Don't round, let's go. go. You know, he's like, "Damn it, it's, it's in the past." Yeah, um, <laughs> and it actually ended up in a draw, believe it or oh, not. Oh no, way. which doesn't it? even make sense to me. But no. fair enough. That's how that's how crazy of a barn burner it was. It was like we got to give both of them a W. Basically, they both can't lose. And and you know what? To this day, like, so I still have that guy on Facebook, and he's like, no. actually, he's actually 
uh, we we were like legit after we went and had beer after like that's the another thing about fighting him like another human being yeah. in a competitive scenario where it's like you either have mad respect for that person after it's done or you fucking hate each other yeah right like like that that's when rivalries truly begin yeah. right but uh, m- most of the time you just come back and you're like yo I, like that it's was a great that was a great round awesome. yeah, yeah yeah kind of deal I felt your all uh, but after getting knocked out it was like like after like feeling that knockout and like losing my sense I was like man I kind of want to keep the CPU running as yeah. clean as possible. Um, and then Jeez. came back to the gym and was like, yo, like let's try this jujitsu that these guys, like I'm, I'm, I have to say it how it is, but like I, I was definitely that guy that was like, now nah, you guys are a bunch of homos rolling around. Like I was definitely that guy, uh, dude. Like I would enough, be looking at jujitsu and it's like, you guys are just a bunch of homos in your PJs. Like yeah. I was legitimately that dude, which doesn't yeah. make sense to me now. Yeah. Now I'm like, but it's like, Damn. Um, and specifically because I like Nogi better than Gi now, which yeah. is like, for anyone who's listening, Nogi is where we take like the kimono off, which yeah. is like the the clothing the we PJs. wear. The PJs. Yeah. The clothing we wear. And then Gi is obviously we have the kimono on. And they're very different games. Like Yeah, they're not that close. They're, they're, uh, the experience is very different. And uh, so then, for both a lot. so so, buddy's trying to get me going into the jujitsu for like six months as I'm doing my time. And then all of a sudden, I have this experience, and I'm like, man, I got to do jujitsu. Mm-hmm. You need to do the combatives, martial arts, but not. I it's like in the head too much. Immediately, immediately <laughs> fell in love with jujitsu as, as soon as I did it, mm-hmm. because there was like a hundred, like maybe a hundred and five, a hundred and ten pound woman that absolutely destroyed yeah. me my first class why is that always like why is that synonymous with anybody destroyed me, bro. everybody of mine who i brought to like troop whether it be old location new location they're all like bruh that chick beat the crap out of me destroyed me bro i was 195 pounds of pure you're fucking fucking machine, testosterone, yeah. bro. and this girl destroyed me strangled you eh? she choked me like easily like eight times fuck that's brutal it i loved it I, yeah. I I had a smile on my whole like, experience, ah, man. Dope. Like this, yeah. it's like I can't believe this is actually happening. Like I need to continue doing this, and uh, I was like immediately hooked, man. Immediately hooked. That's so cool. What do you think? Like, why was that the case? Like, why? Because here's the thing: the martial arts out. thing, man. Martial arts. But check this out. I think there's two types of people who start jujitsu. There's people who don't really like it and kind of like leave, or there's people who start and just like they're addicted. What do you think makes that? Because, like, separate from your story. Man, that is a really amazing question. That, like, coming from now 11 years in, and seeing, I have seen so many people leave. I have seen, like, really amazing training partners leave that, man, like, I I wish that they would come back and we could train again. Um, I wish that we could, like, break down the walls that some gyms have with each other that we can train again. Like, mm-hmm. I wish that we could do all of those things because there there's two particular reasons why I think people stay, yeah. which is the camaraderie. Um, there is, uh, I think, I believe his name is Tom Hardy, the actor. Yep. He uh, He's basically using jiu-jitsu to bring... Um, veterans into a community, essentially, mm-hmm. or a circle that is similar to the military, which is jujitsu. Like yeah. the the camaraderie and the brotherhood that you feel in in jujitsu is real because of the comp- because of that human 
com- combative experience that I'm talking mm-hmm. about, right? Like when you fight somebody else, whether it, like p- picture it this way, okay? So when let's say you have a brother, right? Yeah. You guys probably beat the living shit out of each other. Three of them, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. But guess what? Oh, not a every time other. it happened. I beat him up. If, Every time it happened, I bet you that when your little brother fucking finally stood up to you, looked you right in the eye, and like came back at you, you were like, "Damn, this There's guy's got some." That was pretty proud. Come yeah. sp- he's got some spunk, you know. Like, he's got go. a backbone. He's not just yapping. Immediate, yeah. immediate respect, bro. You like you gain yeah. like a an immediate respect there. Yeah, there is so, a bit that you're like, okay. So that you get over time, mm-hmm. right? So like when you walk into a gym and you don't know anybody, like like let's say you go to a new gym. Uh, a new jiu-jitsu gym, of course, and then you go and you you meet these guys and you roll with these new guys, girls, and they, like, offer you something in your journey, whether it be, like, what you're, like, you know, podcasts, when you're talking to somebody, they have offered you something in your experience. Yeah. There's a respect there, right? Yeah. But combative experience is, like, that guy could fuck me up. Yeah. Like, that guy could literally kill me if he wanted to. Yeah. Well, there's, like, a very primal respect there now right and i know that like in the gym it's weird to like create that experience but it's real like it is real right and then so from now like you have this experience of jujitsu where you have like this community built off of respect i personally think built off respect well people want to stay in it so they stay in it right yeah and then they not only stay in it they want to help the community and grow that community and that's that's phenomenal and i think another thing like probably the 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 individual aspect of martial arts is like that. I know that this is going to sound like pretty like esoteric, like really like spooky mysticism, Mm -hmm. but I, I truly view martial arts as like a vehicle of spiritual development of like, of like self development, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, uh, by vehicle, like a very fast vehicle (laughs) that gets you to the destination fairly efficiently. Pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so th- those are probably the two things why people stay. Um, the reason why people leave, I think a lot of it has to do with their own self doubt. Mm. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the idea that, um, this like fear of missing out again, where we're in a scenario where they feel like they're regressing, yeah. which is silly because as much as that, that feeling drives us to do the things we want to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it makes us freeze. Like a lot of people forget the third um, reaction, like physical reaction we have when we're faced with uh, like an ultimatum or like a threat. You yeah. know, everybody thinks of fight or flight, but yeah. the third response is to freeze in, in place. Yeah. And a lot of people do that. A lot of people are actually yeah, fight, frozen. Right, flight or freeze, right? yeah. We can, again, bring it back to the high school conversation where it's like these people are legitimately frozen yeah. from their life experience in in a in a mentality that is in the past. Like Absolutely, it, yeah. So, so, yeah, like it makes sense that these people don't want to come back. Like they, they come back or when they come back or if they come back, then they get absolutely smashed because now these people have been consistently training – Long, like if not longer they have new white belts coming in mm-hmm. right that are like doing incredibly well against somebody that maybe have gotten promoted and is a blue belt yeah um for those who, again who are listening that don't understand jiu-jitsu uh there is a ranking system within our belts within belts which is white blue purple brown and black mm-hmm. um obviously black being the top and when you have white belts like beginners um yeah, like there, there can be like a, a we'll say a, 
a hierarchy developed there because of the mm. ranking system. Yeah. And then you would you would assume that a blue belt can't tap out a purple belt or like finish a purple belt or beat a purple belt, right? But that's not the case. Everybody's on their own journey. Yeah. And and that that rank kind of like reflects that. Uh, but people really get stun locked with that. Yeah, I actually, sure. me, and, me and Mitch were talking about this literally just the other day. Oh, like yesterday morning. Literally yesterday yeah, morning. Like after we all. And and we were talking about how like the ranking system has its flaws and then doesn't when it and it has a case where it builds a hierarchy, which is there's nothing technically wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the hierarchy. But then you also have this case where it could stun lock clients, like clients, like you you're. Essentially, that's what it you is. You have a business that you want these people to come in yeah. to your business, right? Like, and and you, then you have this hierarchy that kind of stunlocks them out of it, which is unfortunate because truly, whoever is out there that's not doing jujitsu, like, because of that fear, like, do jujitsu, guys. Like, nobody nobody cares how good you are. Nobody cares. We we just care to train with you. Like, that's yeah. all we really want. We really just want you to train. That's pretty much it. That's really the uh, so. And we'll get into kind of like um, a few things about jiu-jitsu that I'm curious about with you especially. Um, first and foremost, when it comes to like if you're somebody starting out brand new in, let's say, we can go any martial art, but um, you can use it based off like your experience where you've seen people develop in jiu-jitsu and stuff or kick, kickboxing, Muay Thai, whatever, um, Taekwondo. Do you, what do you think the best way is for uh, somebody to come in and like, if you were to say, hey, you're going to start this martial art, you're going to start jiu-jitsu, um, this is your three-year plan, roughly, to get the most out of that three years, or your first three years. How do they get the most out of their beginner stage when starting something like that? It could be even related to like a more broad scope, if you want. Um, but... Another great question. Uh, I think that people uh, ha lack emotional maturity. Okay. And that... Uh, will play into what you receive from jujitsu, um, so. yeah. because if you go in with an ego and you have this mentality where like in the, in three years you're going to be smashing people, like you're you're wrong. Facts, you're wrong. Yeah. You're just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, the reality is is that in three years, yes, you can do something like you can create a phenomenal foundation. Mm -hmm. And to answer your question, I would definitely focus on trying to develop the fundamental techniques or searching out that information. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu is very bad, and I'm sorry that everybody has to go through this, but mm -hmm. jiu-jitsu is very, very bad at showing people the foundations of jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And it's not it's not 100% your gym's fault or whoever. It's not it isn't. The reality is is that they have to cater to so many people, right? Like mm. But that's when people like confuse the basics with with things that they already know. Like if you come in and you learn a basic like basic material and you're turned off learning that basic material, that's not that's not the academy's problem. That's your problem. Right. Right. Yeah, it's a reaction problem. Like that's your that's your maturity showing. Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, your lack of understanding for development. Because if you think that you're like so, f given a perspective, if you think your mount escape is so good, um, to give context, being mounted is someone that's sitting on your chest. Essentially, yeah. Right. 
uh, in, in grappling. And then that person is like legitimately holding down where people will literally have panic attacks at the bottom of mounts. People tap when I get there. Yeah. Like people, like you can apply so much pressure at that, that bottom. Yeah. It's not a place to be that it's, it's terrible. So if you think your mount is so good that you never have to go over a mount escape again, like you, you have the wrong mentality. Oh, absolutely. So, my a number one point for for pulling anything out of three years would be to kill that mentality of Mm -hmm. like, you know, keep the beginner. I know that it's super reused all the time, but like white belt white belt mentality kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, just open your mind to the idea that you can consistently get better or something, even if you excel at it. If it's your A game, that's okay. It's your A game. Mm-hmm. Make it your S tier game, like your S plus tier game. Like, make it like the 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 game that is consistently performing at all levels. Mm-hmm. And guess what? If that black belt that you're now rolling with, because you're a purple belt, because you're you know a, a blue belt, a high high level competitive blue belt, and you're rolling with the white belt, and you're like holding that dude down or whatever, like. Man, like guys, like get out of the mentality of like thinking that you're done learning a technique. Because if you can take that mentality and stretch it out over three years, and and specifically work on foundational stuff, yeah, you can have an incredible game in three years. And to your point, I think like because I messaged you this after Friday, or Friday, where I was like, I think you know where I'm going with this, exactly. Yeah. But I was like, I really got to work on those mount, uh, yeah, yeah, those yeah. side control skates. Just had a, that's my a great day of training. That yeah, day, I was like right? great day of training, but like I gotta work on this gotta work on that like i go back to the drawing board and like everybody's like i'm like oh it's side control you're on the bottom get out yeah it's like i'm doing that shit for years but it's still like it's such a simple thing but i'll always get there and i'll always not enjoy it and then it always frustrates me not to a point where i'm like i want to give up but more i'm like frustrated that i even got there in the first place yeah and just, like i'm unfortunately i have to pour salt in the wounds but it was yeah. to a white belt yeah right essentially but yeah. like and like and it's not because it was a white belt it's like yeah. first of all that guy had like 40 pounds on you or something stupid like that but yeah like and he's a young kid he's like 18 he's like 18 years old yeah. he has like a crazy wrestling background yeah like well, I don't know about crazy, but I'm pretty sure he has a wrestling background. It's more wrestling. Yeah. Than it is. But, like, yeah, being pinned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're a blue belt being pinned. Injuries like, aside, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. And then, and but the thing is, is that, like, in the end, when we all left the map, like, no one cares that Glenn got pinned. Yeah. So work on it now. Excuse me. Work on it now. You mm. know what I mean? Like, okay, we have to go over that. We, yeah. We've assessed a weakness. Let's go over it. You Which I mean? is why I, I have a love-hate relationship with that style, that kind of, like, training. Because, like, it exposes you. Of course, 100%. Like, That's why I love it. <laughs> I, I lo- okay, you're talking to somebody Rude. when I started. So you want to talk about three years. Yeah. When I started, I trained specifically for two years straight. Yeah. The biggest fuckers. You I could just, fucking, you it was like, go, come, come here. Yeah. Come here. Lay on my fucking chest and hold me down. Yeah, because I want to get For two years mouth. straight, bro. No one can hold me a mount now. It's not happening, bro. Why? Because, and like, and I say no one can hold me a mount. Then I go to Toronto and get absolutely destroyed by these like world level black belts. And it's like, well, so much for no one holding me a mount, eh? It's like, I can't even generate offensive motion against pretty much like some of their top level dudes. So it's like, yeah, like they're like top level black belts though. Yeah, like ranked like third still, in the world, the yeah. black belts. But still, like the reality is, is that this is it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't like yeah. it doesn't matter if you if you can hold 
if you can hold mount on another black belt, good for you, bro. But, mm-hmm. like, don't stop there. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're a white belt, then you can hold your blue belt that you've been chasing for the last, like, you know, I don't know, four weeks, six weeks, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you hold them down and you're like, yeah, I fucking won. Like, yeah, okay, take the small victory, but don't stop there. Yeah. You know what I mean? As like, soon as you even take that small victory, you're allowing yourself room to, like, settle. Bro. Almost. When people when people tap me in the gym, I see the smile that they have on their face, and I kind of want to continue to let them tap me just because of how happy it makes them. You know I mean? But body. the problem is, is I'm not helping their <laughs> jujitsu when I do that, right? So no, it's like it's not I want to like I, like the, the, like these guys legitimately yeah. get me in a nice submission, and it's like okay, well done, man, well done. And it's yeah, like their ego's it. puffed, and it's like yeah, we did it. Like, you know? I know what it takes to earn like positions on you, I, and even just 100%. positions, I'm like. Uh, I got here, and as soon as I'm there, I'm like, uh, yeah. you're already, like, back in. I'm like, all right, time to keep working. Like, you can't, like, even positionally, like, you can't get in a position that's just, let's live here and let's settle it. And I think that's, I think it's a weird, that's an interesting concept that I've been, like, kind of messing around with, especially with, like, the shift to, like, train more, like, forward pressure grappling. Yeah. And, like, wrestling. Offense, yeah, sure. more offensive style. Now, um, you can take, you can literally take that mentality yeah. and put it into life. A hundred percent. Right? Like, that's what I attempt to do. Less like, reactive. Yeah, don't react active. to life. Just come back and full offense. Do what you want to do. Yeah, you know, take control man. of what you're going. And then, like, you can just... That's why, again, I think martial arts mm-hmm. is, like, a beautiful vehicle yeah. for self-development. Right? Like, yeah, it teaches if, you you're, if you're panicking in mount, mm-hmm. I actually tell this specifically to women because I think... First of all, I think women in jiu-jitsu is amazing. And yeah. I think that all... All women should at least try gla- grappling once. Oh, I and, think so. And, and, and it's super scary, first of all. Mm-hmm. Like, you have these, like, giant men sweating in yeah. your fucking face. And they're not, like... And it's so uncomfortable. Goofy-looking men. like Yeah, they're, like, they're big dudes. Yeah. Like, you have, like, the goofy-looking like, guys, which is fine. Yeah. You know? And then you have... But, like, Graham, Lucas. You yeah, know, like, Bobby Graham Corey, is, like, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, and yeah. he's, like, like, he's a lean-out dude. Yeah, and he's, like... Strong, awkward, hands, weird, and Handsome like, as hell, bro. Nah, just... Love you, Graham. But uh, but yeah, yeah, when it <laughs> when it comes to amazing, dude. Trust me, the the community that you develop yeah. in the Jiu Jitsu Academy is absolutely amazing and should truly be cherished. But uh, yeah, women in in Jiu Jitsu for that reason of like when you have this person that's like causing incredible feelings of discomfort, yeah, and you fight through that shit. It's incredible. Night and day, dude. It really does change your whole viewpoint on life. And that's why I love martial arts so much. That's truly why I love it so much. Now, when it comes to, um, when it comes to jujitsu at the whole, why did you, um, so where'd you follow Jesse in the beginning? Like, where'd you start training? I I started at Subway BJJ. Um, oh yeah oh wow yeah so Sudbury BJJ was like the academy to train at truly I know that mm. this sounds kind of crazy um, yeah. nowadays uh, they have a very different view on martial arts which is fine like they're doing a great job over there um, I think that uh, my my first experience at Sudbury BJJ was phenomenal um, you know I got flying knee in the fucking chest by Jesse and was like I'm hooked because I want to be able to do this you know what I mean yeah um, I don't recommend that for anybody. Yeah, don't way. get flying. Yeah, just, especially like that. I actually have an injury forever because of that, which is injuries in itself are something to talk about. Um, but uh, but yeah, when it comes down to uh, training at Surrey BJJ, 
Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie, though. Um, there were some discomforting things that, like, we, we talked, like, we would talk about. Uh, and then just kind of, like, was left. You know when you, like, have a problem, but you actually take the time to, like, voice it? Mm -hmm. And then when you voice it, it you kind of become the problem now? Yes. So that became that. And mm. then it was like, you know what, like, I need to, I need to leave. Yeah. You know I, mean? I, I literally uh, dropped out of college to mm -hmm. be a martial artist. Right. Like, I left my heavy-duty equipment yeah. uh, program to, to work for Subway BJJ and ultimately, like, try to live that life yeah. of being a martial artist full-time. And uh, I found out very, very quickly that it's, it's a very... Uh, the, the money pit is dry in that industry, my friend, <laughs> very dry. And, uh, and then from there it was just kind of like, yeah, these, these gym owners aren't really even making money. So it was like, yeah, yeah like I got to get out of here. You know what I mean? I, and, and on top of that too, we were like me and the gym owner were having our own little experience. Uh, actually not even particularly the gym owner. It was more the gym owner's wife that I was having a hard time with. And then it was just kind of like. I just like broke away. Like we, we still talk now. I actually see him all the time. Um, and, and it's okay now. Like, it, but like through the experience, I was like, man, I need to get out of here. I need to do something. Um, I stopped training for like a year. Oh wow. And then went to Subaru MMA. It was an amazing experience. I stayed there for like seven years. Uh, but then like, it's funny because we were talking about this off air yeah. and we were talking about how like there are some mentalities in gyms that just like aren't comforting. And one of the mentalities is that like, um, I think it's really important that people train together. I think it's really important that people like actually oh, go yeah. out and do, uh, experience different gyms and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like have your home gym. It's okay. Like don't like pay your home gym, be the student at mm -hmm. your home gym. There's nothing wrong with that. Like they have a product that you're trying to that that, like, as a gym owner, you're trying to sell a product, and if they like your product, they will stay at your gym. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But but don't limit them. Like, we're having Rickards Red beer. That doesn't necessarily mean that we can only have Rickards Red beer. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's a ridiculous notion, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. A little bit more of M ASMR. <laughs> but uh, but to say like then we're now stuck in this uh in this like uh environment yeah I, I didn't really mesh well with that ideology and uh so it was a it was a very well spent seven years i put my heart and soul into that academy mm -hmm. i really did uh taught classes tried to like bring that that school up as hard as i could made a lot of made a lot of friends there yeah um and then uh and then i had to leave for my own personal development and uh I don't. I definitely don't regret it for sure. I absolutely love Troop. Troop's a great school. Nice. Dude. I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, when when you first showed up, um, like today? No. Um, oh, like in the like at Troop? Okay. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! I've always wanted to hear one of these stories, dude. What's that like? like what do you... Like, who's this guy coming into our school? Like, bro, first of all, I'm an established purple belt. Yeah, like, you had an old-ass purple belt, so I'm like, hey, this guy probably doesn't... Like, I've been training for so long, right? That, but I remember, so I distinctly remember asking you, like, right before I rolled, I was like, how long... Because this would gauge how bad <laughs> you would kick my ass or not. I was like, okay. Like, full transparency. I was like, um, okay. Because I'm like, purple belts, older purple belts, I don't... Oh, that I've trained with, 
I don't seem to have a problem with. Okay. Right? Just my style, the way I am. Yeah, and, 100%. You know, piss full of vinegar uh, in my yeah. 20s. Yeah, but it's so, great. I love it. Yeah, right? So, <laughs> like, so I don't have issues. I love most specifically watching you roll with other blue belts. That's fucking... You and Brady? <laughs> holy Dude, shit. That is phenomenal, bro. Bring the popcorn, bro. Yeah, it does not it's stop. It's amazing. Me and Alex is another one. And then oh, my God. Yeah, Corey I can only imagine. I don't just... think I've actually ever watched you roll with Alex. No, we haven't rolled off. There was a one, hopefully one or two open mats in the past little bit. Yeah, class. hopefully. Hopefully. No, he, um, uh, he better be He's there. been coming for them, like, for the morning classes um, before the last couple of weeks. So, but I know he's been yeah. prepped for Yeah, shout out to him, man. Worlds. Yeah. Went to Worlds Nogi. He literally went mm -hmm. to the greatest platform that jiu-jitsu offers in Fucked Nogi up, scenario yeah. uh, for up. IBJJF. And, and he showed up, man. I watched yeah. his first fight. He had an absolute barn burner. Yeah, that's, that's my boy. Dude. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, he actually oh, lost to the future champ, man. So uh, oh, man. he can he can he can hang out with the big guys. Fucking awesome. Oh. So I remember I remember walking up to you and being like, "Okay, like how long have you been training?" You're like, "Long time." And I was like, "Yeah, like how, how do you question. answer that question?" Yeah. <laughs> like uh, I go more than four or less than five years. Less really? Five, yeah. You gave me less than five no, years. I I tell people that I've been training less than. Five oh, years. okay, okay. So do you like rehearse more that? than four and less than five? <laughs> no, it's just a roll out of time. It's like I've been training more than four. I've been training four years at Troop, but I had two and a half, three months of training in Ottawa. But then I okay. went and traveled. Where did you train in Ottawa? Nova, you now. Okay. It's, yeah, it's closed down though. Okay. Yo, uh, do you know? Um, Probably. I hope it'd be cool. Oh man, I, I no, his his name's escaping me. Uh, uh, Jeremy Paré. Why is that name sound so familiar? He's, uh, I would know his French, face. French gentleman. Uh, he's a young kid. Yeah. He, he trained at Nova U now for like a very small period of time, and then he went to Gracie Baja in uh, in Ottawa. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, oh, he, he's actually down in. Uh, I remember. He's down training with the the Gracie Baja guys in the states right now. And nice. He's like he's like training hard there. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Nice. Just as amazing for the roads that you can take when you actually have a coach that gives a shit. Yeah. No, it's it's crazy. Um. So, excuse me. More than four, less than five. You didn't. You didn't really answer my question. You're I like. Didn't, you're like. Nah, I'm just. You know. I'm, I've just been there. You know. I've yeah. been around. You're like I've been doing it for for a long time, and you like went to slap my hand. I was like, all right. And then I was like, okay, I do this. Okay, you know, because I'm. He's a bigger purple belt, so he's probably stronger. So I'm like, he's a strong guy. Fuck. Okay. And then you just beat the shit out of me, and I was like, fuck this guy. Come from. Come from another gym. Beat me up for six minutes, and and I cross trained, like I cross trained yeah. before train, like before switching. Right? Yeah, so like one hundred percent. So like I had the experience of like being in your gym, so I was yeah. already comfortable enough yeah. to like roll harder with guys. And it was just I don't know, I just I was like fuck, man. Like I was like ah, all right. And then Corey comes out to me, he's like, bro, you roll with the you roll with the purple belt, roll with the new purple belt, Troy. I was oh, like, uh, I was like, yeah. yeah. He's like. How was it? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, good for him. Good. I'm like, not too bad, you know. I didn't, I you know, know. Not, you know, like underplaying up poorly. I, uh, I lost, and uh, he was like, you can't lose in training. No, you can't lose in training. I mean, doesn't work that way. It, you lose up here. It did, I mean, yeah, it did that. I, I lost up here, and out here. But um, the ego is a is a fragile thing at times. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, yeah, man, I just, you know, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> yep. This strong. is a phenomenal conversation so far. He's good. Yep. Dude, all my conversations with Corey are like that. It's the funniest <laughs> shit ever. Because, like, I caught him with a knee bar, like, 
two weeks ago, right? Okay. Like, we were doing like uh, the, so drill, the, the black roll drills. Yeah, it's, dude. It's we're, working. Yeah, right, man, right, we were doing right. the back. Uh, we were doing the. So he was on bottom position with the lapel pass through, and we were working from that position, right from the okay. black. Oh, wall. so you're training yeah. McGee. Yeah, so black wall okay. on Monday, and then I sat back, and he fired his leg all the way through, and I just like knee barred it. So I just went down on a knee bar. For those who don't know, a knee bar is basically you trying to break your knee in the opposite direction of yeah. where it's supposed to bend. Um, so it's, it's yeah, jujitsu is a phenomenal thing. <laughs> I can't explain to somebody, and we'll get into this, I'm sure. But um, right after this, I'm curious about it. But and then. This is how I know, like, uh, Corey experienced the same... I'm, I'm trying to tie this together with, like, I know he experienced the same thing that I did when ex when rolling with you for the first time. Okay, okay. Is because he responded when I was like, how to go with you? And he's like, yeah. it was all right. <laughs> it was, it was okay. He's strong. Yeah. You know, he's good. And then when I was like, I knee bar, I was like, yo, Corey, uh, you like that knee bar? Like, ten minutes later when we were roll about to roll, and he's like, that was good. That was nice. <laughs> I'm like, you're not letting that happen again, are you? He's like, nope. <laughs> like he like gives Yo, me short like this guy is already guy. behind him Yo, like, like you can hear I'm this man's ligaments back. ripping <laughs> before he fucking actually taps like Corey I love you to death but tap bro please like bro savage. I put toe holds so those it's who like the hardest don't know what a toe hold is a toe hold is me essentially <laughs> wrenching your foot like into your butt essentially to not the point where I break your ankle not it's incredibly uncomfortable trying to remove my foot from my leg yes literally and uh he like, I'm holding this submission sometimes, and I'm hearing his ligaments rip in my hands, and I'm like, I let it go, because it's like, Corey. And he's like, I didn't tap, bro. It's like, <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm tapping for you. Yeah, it's like, literally. Oh, dude. Oh, that's ah. awesome. What a so, guy. So, um, where was he going with this? Um, when it comes to, like, training and cross-training over, um, yeah, man, I didn't like you. I didn't like it at first. It took me a couple months to get right, my ass right. kicked to like actually get to know you though. But, but like I picked your brain about stuff, and then you would you that's give me a respect like, thing, right? Like, and it was the it was when we it was when you Nikki and I were the only people at the gym, and you were running us through leg shit. Where I was yeah, like, for sure. Uh, I get it. Or like it clicked. I was like, ah, like my I flipped. Cause, uh, nice, I appreciate you. Yeah, dude. Taking the op like the honest approach there, and yeah. being like, yo, maybe this guy is a nice guy. No, and it was, uh, it was like, I, I was just getting my ass kicked by this guy who I never met, so I was like, I don't, I don't like that. I didn't like I that. Can, it wasn't that I didn't like you. I was like, I didn't like that. That experience. Specifically. I can experience. see why. And like, it was just a reoccurring like one. Too, right? and, and the problem with that is, too, with the cross-trainers, I was like, um, I had such a, like, people assume, and I, I'm speaking specifically for myself, but I would assume that if somebody's cross-training or, like, somebody's coming in from another gym... I look at him as like, hey, like, okay, like, what is this? Like, how would I be, how have I been looked at doing that? Okay. And then I almost feel, and this could be like the bad, good thing you were talking about earlier, where you're like, once you see the problem and you talk about the problem, you become the problem almost. That's what I think, at least in my case, happened where I see people come from other gyms and I've gotten out of that now, but because of like the you i think you like really bridge that gap like you're bridging the gap of doing that which i really hope is like it comes full circle and yeah, I really do too man i really do seeing that though for me i was like oh okay like i'm a i can i can get on board with why he's doing this and knowing your reasons why doing it i was like oh okay so. like that makes sense it's there's like 
I think I think that's a, I think it's a scary thing to think that Subri will forever stay for Academy's split. I think that's a very first of all, it's a very ridiculous notion. Like yeah. it's so ridiculous to think about that. You have like first of all a super small city. We're a small city. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we have. It, it is said that one per. No, actually, sorry. It is said that ten percent of a population will try martial arts. Wow. Okay. The other one percent will actually do it. So one percent out of the ten percent will actually do it, and it and it rings true. There's yeah. maybe, maybe, yeah, anywhere between maybe six hundred practitioners of jiu-jitsu and sabri, maybe, and there's two hundred and sixty thousand people here. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's a six hundred fucking people, bro. And we're all training at separate academies. It makes no sense to me, dude. No, and for us not to, like, try different things. Or well, see. And, and here's the thing. It's okay to be over there. And yeah. it's okay to be over there. We all have our own different, quote, products. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Yeah. But we should be able to come together as a group with common interests. We have common interests of jiu-jitsu. To, so, like, why not experience that together? Right? Yeah. There is no... In, in the age of information, Glenn, there is no reason that you feel like your product is going to be like tainted or taken away from you in 2022 like right. it's not happening bro no no you're it's right. not happening dude like yeah. the instructionals that are out there like specifically there's people that understand and like are in the jujitsu world there is like content that you can buy which yeah. is like from world champions yeah right that no one's taking that away from you like we just have we we literally have spaces to train. Mm-hmm. They're businesses. They're run for, by beautiful people, mm-hmm. and these people, like, my opinion, should open their doors to everybody. Yeah. So you have this scenario where, you know, my home academy is Troop. I really love Troop. I I love the environment that is growing yeah. there. Um, I think we have some really strong dudes. You've been welcomed in pretty well too. Like I feel that way. That. Yeah, hundred like percent. I think in general, I think I think when it comes to being like welcomed the way I was, like which was amazing. First of all, like I came in and people were like already like picking my brain. We well, like, also like you came in knowing stuff and like being again, like you said, right? I'm as quick as I want you to finish your point, but when you come in with something and you have that, you're like, oh, I'm like really. Like I'm pretty good, I but I play a very different game, and I have a good, different skill set that you guys maybe don't see all the time because it's working on you guys. Uh, and, and and that's so, and that segues that's into cross training, bro. Exactly. Like that's the reality is, how much you weigh right now? One seventy five. One seventy five. Okay, bro. Yeah. Like one seventy five. Do you know how many one seventy five blue belts are in Subri that have never rolled with you, homie? Like, yeah. blows my mind. Like, why? Why are you robbed from that experience? Yeah. Exactly. It's a fucking great question that nobody has the answer to. It blows my mind, man. I think most of them are at... Tr- uh, I don't know. I don't know where most of them are. When, when you have this scenario where all of these guys experience this love that we have, mm-hmm. like, why can we not enjoy together? That's the only... That's my only quarrel with what's going on. It blows my mind, yeah. It's like, I know... I know that... Because granted, like, I don't... My fear of cross-training, and it, specifically in Sudbury... Is I don't want to not. I've experienced it a few times. And yeah, like, of course. We, we I, I think we all have. Yeah, it's just like, it's a very it's, kind of it's a windowed experience. It. Yeah. Right? and I'm like, if I know the better, in my opinion, like the better, I'm getting the most out of this, or like this professor, just of course, has of course. more substance behind what he's saying. It's like, well, why would I not, like, just stay? 
It's so funny because then it's a, it's a weird, let's let's uh, let's dissect that because I think yeah. that's really really important. I want to dissect that for two reasons. The reality is is that everybody in jujitsu has something to show you, just like everything in everybody in life has something to. Yeah, you could take have, away something and you yeah, can offer. Something. You just have yeah. to have the mentality of that, right? Like the reality is is that maybe this two hundred and sixty five pound dude mm-hmm. doesn't have the same game as me, right? Right? Quote. 260-pound guy doesn't have yeah. the same life as me, right. but he can still offer me something with my own Always, life, right? Yeah. So it's like when it comes down to that, when we open our mind to that scenario, then you have this amazing experience where you actually truly can. Because I'll tell you right now, mm-hmm. John Cole can teach you how to fucking smash the shit out of somebody. Yeah, I'm sure. Right? He's got an amazing pressure game, top pressure game. Yeah. And he has developed it particularly for that reason exactly, because it yeah. fits his body type. That doesn't mean that you can't utilize things that he has to teach you. Oh, God. Right? No, yeah. And then his students as well, right? Or, or Nanku's students and the ability that... That the abilities that they have, you know, Graham is a really tall dude, right? Fighting really tall, lanky dudes that are strong at 205. I think he's like 205, 210. Yeah, it's a 210 for sure. That's a body to work with, man. Like, yeah. like training with Graham tests even the highest level of passing mm-hmm. due to his size, right? <laughs> and, and I think everybody should experience that, right? Mm-hmm. Like. So why, like, again, like, it's, I think there's a little bit of an ego battle there. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, just a, a lot of fear. I don't like fear-guided mm-hmm. decision-making. Does oh, that make God, sense? No. Yeah, because it's more emotional-based than it is, you're, like... You're retracting what could possibly happen based off of this notion that you think that something bad's going to happen. Actually, I'm going to push back on that. I think fear-based decisions are good if you don't let fear if there's a fucking it. tiger chasing you, you yeah 100 percent. you don't bro. let fear decide though for you that's exactly right? it that's 100%. the thing i think i want to make that clear yes, right? 100%. Like, i think they're good it's like oh you can be courageous because that might scare me but like being afraid and like actual fear i think there's like, and then use and then making yeah. a decision based off that fear yeah like to go i don't want to go there because i'm afraid of this it's like what you could still go or i don't want to open my doors because of this or exactly, i don't like, yeah. i'm afraid people might leave or that like, like just oh. just take a deep breath everything's gonna be okay yeah, be courageous because like, if, if, if happens, you're courageous in yourself and yeah. your experience then you will have something or like you will have something to offer mm-hmm. or these people coming to you will want something from you. That's a, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. I think it's a very weird skewed idea. Um, I think ultimately it hurts jujitsu as well. Yeah. I think Not just true. in Sudbury, but I think it hurts. Uh, I think like, Whatever imagine, imagine in life, people not connecting like, like the tribalism that we see in the world now, mm-hmm. right? People have beliefs and then they come up to you and they're like, well, you don't believe the way, the thing I believe so then i need to separate myself from that and that's yeah. not, i don't think that's the appropriate response i no. really don't no i agree don't get me wrong unless these people think that like harming people is okay like, yeah yeah like that person you should probably not even distance yourself with that person you should probably look at that person and be like i think that what you what you're what you're feeling what you're thinking is is incorrect mm-hmm. i don't think you should hurt people you know what i mean yeah. like, like be courageous in that sense and stand up to that ideology but like but yeah, I think people um, they they separate themselves when they have this these different thoughts, and mm-hmm. they, and uh, it is unfortunate to see because it like creates so much division. I I think division's the enemy, truly. Yeah, and I think like keeping like staying kind of shifting a little bit uh, into more overall scope of like with connection from jujitsu. I think 
what I found really, really cool is, and moving back to Sudbury, is I don't actually have friends of mine who I still have before I, like, like... Before you left? Before I left, yeah. Like, they're all people who I was friends with when I came back for summer, the odd one or two years, and they're friends of mine who I met through jujitsu mm-hmm. or the podcast. I don't know. Yeah, like, but... Like, it's all the interest, and then it's like, oh, these communities of, like, good friends of mine, it's like, well, we all kind of just train and then we just yeah. train lift weights and then and then you have a circle up and talk yeah, yeah like exactly and i think the mad talk we call it mad talk well i call it mad talk i don't know what you guys call it but like yeah mad talk is like amazing yeah. um it's it's absolutely amazing uh and i think that that's like a an amazing way to develop connections and i think like in general people like lack that in general like again like i don't think people actually we were talking about this off air but i do, i don't think people know how to actually create genuine relationships anymore yeah and, and not everyone i it's man it's so hard to say that everyone can't that's bullshit it's there's a very large portion of people that can't formulate relationships anymore mm-hmm. because like you were saying like we're we're connected to our phones we're connected to this scenario where we have this very like lack of intimacy with with talking like texting is not talking Mm -hmm. right like first of all think about this you need to actually be able to understand what you're reading to Mm -hmm. actually understand and connect with the person you're texting with yeah well if you're if if you suck at reading Mm -hmm. you're not gonna understand that person you know maybe if you maybe there's a language barrier like this is just a this is just a really small example of where mm-hmm. the miscommunications lie outside of lacking intimacy. Yeah. But like when you're training in the gym and you're like lifting weights with people and you're like talking, that's in a very intimate experience yeah. that grows relationships. You almost have to create those uh, situations and like one thing. Of course. A hundred percent. Who's the, who's the, uh, man, I was just, um, I was, I was, I was listening to a podcast just the other day where the, this one guy was basically saying he, uh, it was with Jordan Peterson and of course. Uh, another yeah. gentleman. He was basically saying, be first. I loved it. He's like, be first, be the guy that asks to go for beer. Yeah. I ask my friends all the time. Let's yeah. go for a fucking beer, man. What what's wrong with that? Let's go for a fucking beer. Yeah, because it's amazing. I get to talk to them. I get to talk. Like get, I get the update of their life. Like man, I have. I'm about to have my firstborn son in less than four weeks. Yeah. Crazy. That's fucking. That's exciting. less than four weeks. That's terrifying. Bro. And it's like, man, like, I, I have people that I want to share this experience with, and it's yeah. like crickets. Yeah. Because people are so. In in the experience, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that, yeah. and then, like, when you pull the intimacy away from that, that's where you get that, I find. It's like, mm-hmm. when you pull that, like, I hold my friends dear, man. I really do. Like, I think that, like, I think I hold my friends higher than in a priority list that maybe I should mm-hmm. because I, I put them first a lot of the times. And then, then you have this scenario where, um, yeah, sometimes it's not, it's not, uh, it's not uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for. It's not like given back. It's not reciprocated, right? Yeah. And then you're stuck with the scenario where it's a there's weird like, one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very it's sometimes super uncomfortable, right? But it's like I right. think I think it's lack of the intimacy. Of- and I think to your point too, um, where you're almost in a scenario where you're forced to connect with, um, like the times we were talking about off cameras, like with. Uh, that kind of inspired the idea of like having these conversations is when I was, uh, like when I was in Ecuador, there's dude, there's no service. 
Yeah, like you I'll don't show you have on the that map where we were after yeah. this. It's middle of the rainforest. Yeah, literally. You're there's nothing. All you have to I interact can't piss with in is, the lake. Yeah, because there's parasites that swim up urine. Like that's how in Whoa. the middle of yeah, it's a whole thing. They showed us photos and they're like yay big, dude. They're like the size of like molt like um, what's the fit? What's smelts? The they're about the size of smelts, and they're like parasites, maybe a bit smaller, and they just swim up urine, and then they do this like an umbrella. Do they mind control you, bro? I I don't want to find out, to be honest. Um, that, little paranoid. Isn't about there that parasites? Now. I've heard of parasites that literally fucking take over your mind and they drown you, bro. What? The... Yeah. That's some... what? I think that was a video yeah. game you're playing, dude. I don't know. No, if that dude. doesn't sound no. real, really. Yeah. Where's this, dude? Like, we should look it up after, dude. There's apparently there's a parasite what? that fucking goes into Bruh. the. Yeah, dude, and drowns. That's crazy. Them. It fucking drowns them, and that's, that's how they, I think that's actually how they reproduce them. I'm not mistaken. They literally that's suicide. Be yeah, that's, that's terrifying. But uh, with that being said, Jamie, um, look it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. There's nobody there. Uh, there's <laughs> well, one day. Unfortunately, yeah. there's just more beer. That's that'd be, all. That'd be awesome. Um, but there's uh, with that. There's that no. So there's no service right to the point. And then with at the summer camp, there was no like we had our phones after hours. But like it's one in the morning. There's no cell service anywhere. There's no Wi-Fi. Well, wait, you were limited to having your phone. Yeah, because we're working with kids all the time. We can't just be on our phones. We, it got really bad one summer. Like, most of the summers, it wasn't like that. But there was okay. one summer really bad where they're like, yo, everybody's how did that on all, phone. How did that experience come to you? What do you mean? Which experience? Like, like how on? you getting there? How did that happen? So what happened is, um, like, my parents just, like, sent me to this outdoor summer camp when I was, like, 13. And then I just really enjoyed it because what happened is... Um, it wasn't like where at school it's like you get grouped. It's like because there wasn't that many people, right? So it's like, well, each of you stand out in a way. So like, you're all just kind of like you're celebrated for your individuality, and then you allow you're allowed kind of room to be like authentic and like goof around. And it's like there's things that everybody can be good at. So it's like I could be very good at playing volleyball with people. So it's like I'm the only. Yeah, dude. <laughs> a little bit. Not quite, though. I don't know. Okay. And then um, we did sing O Canada. And, like, we did do, like, graces at the beginning of meals, but, like, not really. Um, Be thankful. I mean, we did some things that definitely the Bible would forbid upon, but Dang. it is what it is. And so uh, basically what happened, though, is uh, you're forced to connect. And doing that, as I kind of got more and more into the space of, like, working in the summer camp in the outdoor center world, they like the second year on staff so it was like i did like different like one week program a two-week program and then i like volunteered for two weeks in a summer and then i worked on first year staff second year staff i ran a leadership program and then i ran like program. this is all in ecuador no that'd be cool um no this was like in Sudbury. okay so you Sudbury. you started that program and that's what brought you to that that's what brought me to like the first part of like the connection of like why i why i started the podcast of like why i started to have those conversations okay okay and i just felt like so much i felt i'm like you guys are so much smarter than me like what the fuck? life experience will do that yeah man i'm like they're yeah. climbing mountains and shit in alaska and i'm like 17 and i'm like what? i'm like getting all this information from all your experiences at such a young age mm -hmm. so like you ever met like a really amazing storyteller though yeah 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 i've met a few that are like they change your life like i'm sure you have met someone yeah, you about. must have yeah Oh, I'm trying to think of one that like really stood out. I've had people who are like, even if they're not that good at storytelling, they're like really, really articulate. Oh, 100%. And yeah. I'm like, ooh, like they're very like well-spoken. They're like, 
professional script writers or mm. authors and like those people who've been on the show are like very very well spoken um that's amazing yeah and then there's like actors who get like well spoken um people who do media a lot like olympians and stuff they they have their like small tidbits of things that they share um of course makes sense and then people who like travel a bunch of places always have like and i wish i could remember we were at this hostel in budapest and this guy and his son spent like six months touring around like russia and like central europe it was in like something. 2018 yeah dude yeah. and like he i remember this guy being like the best storyteller because my buddy and i were trying to like decipher what makes a good storyteller at the time that's, and, a, that's a great question and he was yeah, just sure. like the best storyteller i can remember and it wasn't so much as he told the story and it but like and like he just overwhelmed us with information or he just would not stop talking because that happens and um he just he, when he spoke everybody listened like, yeah. he could be talking to one person, and then everybody would kind of just... Gravitate towards the conversation. Shift to what he was saying. Yeah. Like, yo, what the fuck yeah. is this guy saying? Those people, yeah. Those are very yeah. few and far between. Oh, but they're like... And I don't know. What do you think, like, cultivates that, though? You think it's, like, an experience thing? You think it's, like, they just read a lot? No, the experience, for sure. I think that, like, when people... I think when genuine people connect... Yeah. Like, connect in, like, the intimate way we were talking, where, like, they're sharing their stories. Yeah. Like, even just, like, we're doing right now, like... Yeah, there's for sure. And then they can articulate it in the sense where everybody can connect to it. Like, everybody can, like, like a, uh, be empathetic, like, or sympathetic, empathetic, 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 yeah. empathetic towards it. So, like, that that is what truly creates the good story, for sure. Yeah. I, I think, in general, if you can connect to the story, then you're going to gravitate towards the story, right? Right. And then they these guys have this way of, like, spinning magic with their words, of this sense of, like, be yeah. not, like, like, projecting you into the story right and then like traveling through like the emotions of the story and yeah man 100 percent. like i view this or i think about this every day when i try to write my story mm -hmm. like it, writing a book is the hardest thing i've ever done in my life like trying to write a book is the hardest thing i've ever done like oh. jujitsu has nothing really? on <laughs> writing a book bro or like at least building a universe right yeah and i think like the but i think to that dude the need for people to create something it's amazing insane it's like, amazing dude. i've done it with this and it's amazing just thinking of an idea in your head and then forming it to something physical that you can use bro you literally have a fucking table that have people like, that have a had experience it's like 30 people of like it's like episode 112 that's amazing dude. and it's like, insane to see kind of just how like look at where we're at right now this is amazing yeah man it's just you thought about it in my head one day and i was like oh this could be a cool idea and then uh, just using the experience, I'm like, how do I recreate something that I've always, like, I've loved being a part of? And it's like, well, we can't be on our phones if we're doing a show. We can, but we can't, right? So it's like, oh, we're That'd be a very weird experience. It'd be weird, yeah, yeah. Nobody would listen. So it's like, my phone's on airplane mode, so I don't get nothing. I just I need a stopwatch. So I'm like, other than that, I'm like, the phone's not there, yours is off, so, or like face down. So I'm like, oh, this is crazy. And yeah. you're kind of forcing a tone to be created, and then... In Ecuador, the guy running it was like, the phones are great for technology for connecting because it allows us to, like, dude, I can, I've reached out to all these people because I met them. Like, because, like, half of them, I'm like, all right, I'll just DM them. And then more often than not, they're like, oh. Or I'll, like, more often than not, though, actually, I follow them, celebrate kind of what they do, and they're like, oh, well, this guy's in my car. And then I just of message course. them. Of course, of course. Seems to work. Um, and then you connect with them, and now these people are like, friends of mine or like you, you said it though you weird. celebrate them it's so weird yeah. how just celebrating someone's individual yeah. experience so like, like hey man way to go and they i put them up on my story yeah, and like, and I'm like, or oh, happy cool. birthday bro like yeah. just throwing happy birthdays so 
huge it's hilarious. we lack that so much so because we're lacking it it has more value when we do it right? 100%, 100%. It's, it's fucking which is weird yeah i find that very weird how it like grew into something that like you know happy birthday oh my god that person took two seconds to say happy birthday on facebook like call him for a beer man go for a beer Oh, dude, I think the uh, I think the importance of that connection, like guy I had on last week, uh, Ben Leavitt, shout out to Ben. He's a, um, he paid off, basically, short thing about him, he paid off his student loans uh, mm-hmm. by making YouTube videos. Nice. Yeah, pretty cool. I Good hear that guy. YouTube doesn't pay well, so unfortunately, weren't. I think YouTube pays better than like most places. Like most Good, platforms. excellent. That's phenomenal. Pays more than, uh, definitely plays more than TikTok and Instagram. It depends on how you use it, right? Like, isn't it crazy how people can make money off of social media awesome. right now? It's awesome. It is awesome. It it, nah. it really is. But it's like, man, what a what a what an interesting experience. It is, yeah. You can create something. Dude, attention pays. Like to have it attention and hundred percent actionable attention. It also is, deteriorates your life if you put your attention into the wrong things. Which have you found in the last few years? Like, how did um, like the twenty twenty COVID whole like forced into your house kind of thing? Like, how did that I fucked up. Yeah. I fucked up. Yeah. I fucked up the whole experience, bro. I actually legitimately admit that to myself. I think that with with the time off that we received from COVID. Yeah. The time yeah. off. Yeah. Like some people didn't get time off and I'm, I'm I'm truly sorry that some people were legitimately stressed in the experience of COVID. I was that person that just stayed home and I like we we had that experience where um, you know, yeah, we just stayed home. We did our thing. Like we, we tried our best to like, uh, stick to our hobbies, but like, I, I don't know. I, I think in general, like, I think we did a good job outside of the things of like chasing what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually legitimately feel like I fucked up there. Like we had so much time off, man. Yeah. Like there was the first time in my life I ever got laid off ever, ever. I've never been laid off ever in my life. Like I, I do a pretty crazy job and I love my job bro yeah. like I, I'm I'm a cobbler I amazing know. I think we've yeah. talked about this already yeah I think so or we were getting to it okay yeah so like yeah. Cob- being a cobbler in itself is a conversation but like um give us a little I, like I'm, I'm, overview real quick if you can uh fixing shoes is super fun it's like it's it's basically reverse engineering stuff so like right. I, I there's a, there's a problem obviously that something's broken mm. and I disassemble it and reassemble it to make it better again yeah. right but the thing is that people like hear the word cobbler and like, oh my god, what does he do? What's a cobbler? And then for all your French, all the French people out there in Cognignier, you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. every every time I tell somebody <laughs> that I'm a Cognignier, they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I say cobbler and they have no fucking clue. Jeez. It's kind of funny, but whatever. But outside of that, like being a cobbler is 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 super fun. Being a cobbler is like art class every day. I'm yeah. not even joking. Like you go in and you're like, yeah, like I'm gonna. Every job is different. It's amazing. I actually love my job. I legitimately love my job. Uh, yeah, I think I fucked up COVID. I think I like really, first of all, could have seen leaps and bounds in my writing that yeah. this didn't happen. Like, I loved it. I just loved the time off. I know that sounds kind of mm-hmm. crazy. Like, we were in this, like, unprecedented yeah. time of, like, suffering, essentially, which I yeah. 100% agree with. I think a lot of people struggled on the mental plane with their lives like completely just like reversing like, or not like reversing but like just like flip-flopping you know what i mean like yeah 
Same with me. Like, again, like I was saying, like, first time getting laid off, and then I'm in a scenario where I have, like, legitimately all this free time. And all of my hobbies, by the way, I do at my house, outside yeah. of jiu-jitsu. Right. Like, I love gaming out, and I love writing. So it's like, I could do it all there. Yeah. I can literally do it all in the There's same like station. There's zero reason. Yeah, there was yeah. zero reason to do it. And then it was just like... Or there's, there was zero reason not to do it. Yeah. And then it was like, it just, yeah, man, it, I really, I actually feel like I, I let go of something amazing there. Now, because I've read this post, and I've always wanted to talk to you about it. This was like the first initial, like, I want to get you on the show, was when I read this. Um, you posted something, like, I think at the beginning of last year, how, like, 2020 was, like, the worst year of your life. Okay. Or something like that. I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, unfortunately, you know uh, if you can talk about it, I, like, I definitely that? can. Uh, I like, uh, it, take it, me through why. Because yeah, you you said uh, in like a broad stroke that like it messed up. But, like, take me through like the details of it. Uh so probably like the biggest thing. Of what you want to share at least. Well, the biggest thing uh, was losing my mom. Oh shit! Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, I did not see that coming. Uh, it was super unfortunate. So. Uh, like 2020 was like like mentally destructive mm -hmm. um, but then I lost my mother in like 2021 right and it was like like 2020 was this scenario where I was actually doing the the, the switch from Sabrina made a troop mm -hmm. and uh, it fucked me up mentally man like it messed with the idea that I I just thought I had genuine connections mm-hmm that uh, that fizzled away very very quickly after I left, and like oh. left at Sub MMA, and it was like, yeah, I just like man, I love those guys to death, and then I I just like I feel pretty ostracized now, and it's just like it's just really unfortunate. So yeah. like that really messed with me, and then um, I don't know if anybody else has gone through this, but um, when you have someone in your family that's sick. And they, there are times where they will withhold information mm -hmm. um, to, to try to protect you. I get that, yeah. That makes sense. And uh, I, I just, I, I don't know why she did it. I really don't. I, I still to this day don't know why she did it. Um, but she... So she, it was like self-inflicted? Like, no, she, li she lied to us. She, she told, my mother told me that she was getting treated for cancer. My, my mother died of... Uh, uh, gastro cancer so okay. she died of stomach cancer and uh, that was like not never found she when they take uh -huh. ultrasounds of your of your stomach they only see the front portion yeah. and all of her cancer was behind her stomach yeah it was such a weird ah, man, such a weird that thing. is weird um but yeah like when you have this this person I'm gonna tell you something right now I'm gonna actually tell all like yeah. all your viewers everything right now call your mom and tell you that you love her, man. Because, like, you don't understand the extent of what they will do to love you, man. Like, you have no fucking clue. You really don't. Jeez. You really don't, dude. And when they're gone, you can never, ever tell them the things that you want to tell them. Ever again. It's gone. You never can have that last phone call to tell them that you love them. Um, the first time I kissed my mother on, on her on her forehead like the first time I ever kissed my mom as an adult yeah. she was gone Fuck. yeah dude it was it like I, I don't recommend that for anybody oh man 
Yeah, it was. It was That's really, heavy. It was a really unfortunate experience. And yeah. and then on top of that too, like being twenty twenty is when she told us that she was sick. And then like it was so fast, Glenn. It was like six months, dude, and she was gone. Six months, boom, gone. Yeah, how do you digest that? Well. Like, yeah, how did the fallout of that take place? I, I think That's that insane. when you lose a parent... I have this conversation with a lot of people, and there is very mixed opinions, but I genuinely believe that you grow it into a new chapter of your life when you're a parent. Like, when you become a parent. Sure. And there's a lot of people who do not want to become a parent, okay? Mm-hmm. All the power to them... But I genuinely think that you experience a true essence of life when you become a parent. That you couldn't otherwise. You will never experience yeah, so. it. Right. Like, you will never experience that chapter if you never become a parent. True, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, there are people who legitimately think that you you don't even become an adult until you become a parent. Oh, and, I guess and, so, yeah. and the thing is, is, like, as much as you can talk shit about that, like, mm-hmm. you, you don't actually grow as a mature adult until you put something else in front of you. Right. Right. And that's the kid. Right. Uh, it's, it's a very weird experience. It's a very weird, like that I, makes sense, I though. have my own viewpoint of it. Like yeah. I don't a hundred percent like subscribe to the idea yeah. of like being a parent is the end all. Like I think there are people who should not be parents. Hundred yeah, percent. I think so too. Um, I can list five people right now. I'm and there's and there's some people who would make a mer- amazing parents and they can't. Yeah. Like or they you know, won't. Or they won't, which is really really unfortunate to Very, see. Yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah, like learn like just I don't know, man. Like learning the ex- learning the experience of like coming, thinking that your life is great, like thinking that like you have this like forever growing relationship with the person that you love, which obviously I hope that all of you guys love mm-hmm. your mothers. Um, and if you have some beef with your mom, like just put it down guys, like forgive man. Forgiveness is a trait that only the strong can carry. Mm. Only. Yeah. And I understand that people do some fucking terrible things. I get that. But just because you think that, that that was a terrible experience and the way that it affected you doesn't mean that you can forgive not only yourself but them. You don't have to keep them in your life mm-hmm. or what or whatnot, but you can go up to them and say, hey, like I, I forgive what happened because it was X period of time ago or I was a different person, whatever, right? Yeah, the statute of limitations is up. Yeah, 100%. Like, you don't carry that shit. Jeez. But if you can call your mom and tell her that you love her, do it, man, because uh, it's a very weird experience. Um, it's a very uncomfortable, comfortable experience for sure. Again, like like we were talking about with the, like the whole men thing, like showcasing emotions and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, yeah, like just fighting right now to like try to like kind of keep myself together. Like mm-hmm. with the scenario is is it's just like, man, there's just a, a conversation I would have loved to have with her. That's for sure. Jeez. And I couldn't. I couldn't. I think, man, like. It's not the first time somebody's told me that they've lost a parent on the show. But every time I'm like not expecting it because mm-hmm. they come up and it's just so a lot. And you don't, yeah, how do you set the tone for that? But when, just fucking go yeah. and call your fucking mom yeah. and tell her that you love her. Just do it. Because the reality is, is that that person will not be there someday. It, yeah. They will not be there. And like, it doesn't matter the fucking feud that you had, man. 
like my mom and me were just learning each other as an adult like mm -hmm. as me as an adult like there's a difference between talking to your parents as a kid yeah and talking to your parents as an adult oh, like absolutely. as as your own man yeah. you know what i mean let alone like you know a woman what you know like it's mm -hmm. it's tough dude like it's tough to like take the time to to reach out and do that but just do it man it's worth it i struggle with my mom with that but it like and with that it's a personality it's just, thing yeah like there's they, nothing wrong with that like they we can have good conversations but like i could tell that she like still thinks i'm three years old and, and you still you are the person that bro that needs yeah. to set that line and be like mom i'm a fucking grown man now mm -hmm. and i would like to have a conversation as a yeah. grown man with that me. doesn't always bring up this or doesn't end with that 100 percent. yeah you know how we were talking about like the high school thing. It's like we're not that snapshot. But they see the, us as the snapshot of five years. Of before. five years, yeah. it's not like that. Bro. That's not yeah. what it's like. And then, like you have to have the 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 maturity and the the courage to be like, yo, like this isn't the reality that I live. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to have it with my father all the time because like my dad sees me as as a younger man, like mm -hmm. inexperienced or whatnot. My dad has been through his shit. Don't get me wrong. Right. But like, yeah, man, I've been through some shit too. I know, I know suffering. I know trial as well. Yeah. You know, d d like, yeah, man, that's my only, that's my only piece of advice with that. Damn. Now, so that kind of took place as you were leaving gyms. Dude, it was like, it was, it was crazy. It was like yeah. all in one shot. Trying to understand bro. the timeline. So there's like a lot. It was like, learn my mom like was that. sick. Yeah. Cross train with you guys for yeah. a period of time. And then... My mom is getting like my oh man. It was so weird. Dude. Like my mom was fine, and then I got a call and she wasn't fine. Like it was like she. Oh, it, it wasn't bro. she was fine. It was like she, she appeared. Fine. She she appeared fine. Yeah. We could have conversations. She was tired. Right. And then she like she posted her her last social media post was literally yeah. like, "I'm going for chemotherapy," which is something that she actually didn't want to do again. Right. That's like kind of like the facade that I think she was building, mm -hmm. where it was like this is prevent. Like she was trying this. This was curative measures, right? Right. But it it wasn't, bro. I called her doctor, and was like, "Hey, man, I've been trying to get a hold of my mother for like the last three days. I haven't gotten a text from her. I was texting her in the hospital. I was like, I haven't talked to her in the last three days. Like, is everything okay? I can't get a hold of my stepdad. Like, mm -hmm. what's going on here?" And the doctor literally said the the number one like the first thing he said is like, Troy, how much do you know about oh, your mother's crap. sickness? Oh no! And then I I told him like you know the fucking like like ignorant me was like yeah, yeah like well like she she said yeah, she was taking preventative right. measures like you know we're we're trying to cure this with chemo et cetera et cetera. And then, uh, and it, yeah, dude, and she, he, he opened it up and was like, there, this was never, this was never curative measures. No. It was like this, like it was, so make it this was over. more bearable. Yeah. Yeah. It was literally over. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, and, and then, so from there, like throughout that experience, it was, it was like, you know, like, I don't know. It's very hard to describe that yeah, experience. Yeah. It's also recent. Like that's pretty Incredibly recent, recent, dude. Yeah. It's very recent. It's like less than two years ago. I carry it every day, dude. Like I, I still don't know sometimes how to deal with it. Um, I think that uh, talking to people is okay. I think you should do that. Mm -hmm. I, I think, like personally, um, in Canada, I think we have the ability to, to to have that, like to have the experience with like a professional, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, yeah, I think you should. I think you should definitely talk to people when you go through big traumatic expense, uh, experiences like that. Unfortunately, uh, I have some financial restrictions that stop me from doing so. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but I've always wanted to Yeah. always, excuse me. I've always wanted to, um, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I just try to keep close with my family now. And like, you know, if it's just sending a text to my brother and telling him that I love him, yeah. Uh, telling telling Richard that I love him. Richard's my stepfather, my, my father too. Like trying to get these people in my life when now that I have my son on my way, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like it's, they're there. Yeah, man. Yeah, 2020 was pretty shitty. 2021 was super shitty. Um, but pressure makes diamonds, right? Yeah, I so, guess so. so right? you know I mean? Like it's it's really hard to like yeah. pull yourself out of that, but you have to. Like, what what's the alternative? I become an alcoholic and have yeah. a terrible experience. Like it's everyone else in my life gets hurt with that. So right. why, why do that? Yeah. Right? I'm already the out, like the outcast. Might as well keep being the outcast and go the other way and just, Oh yeah. Like doing. dude, like just, you know, buckle down on jujitsu. Yeah. Do the things writing. that make me feel good. Yeah. And then just go from there. I got a few people, uh, that I can kind of like steer you in the direction of when it comes to, um, like the creative writing part. That's amazing. I'd yeah. Love that. That's, well, Absolutely amazing. Three episodes ago, I had a guy on. His name's Rod Carley. He's like, he's published like three or four different. Uh, he lives and works out at Nipissing University. Um, amazing. As a creative writing professor, but he also like published a few comedy stories. Like that's another guy who's like storytelling really, really good. And like he breaks down how he writes. Nice. Like his nice. like five act how. So typically, when it comes to storytelling um, or Hollywood storytelling, there's a three act structure, right? Beginning, yeah. middle, end. Yeah, of course. I want to say like that, but like, oh yeah, three acts. Yeah, three acts. Right? No, I actually have uh, outlines yeah. of my stories. Like perfect, right? Yeah. So he does it in like the a hero's five journey, act, is right? What we yeah. Call it, right? Yeah, and he like kind of goes through, and then it's like, but this one guy who's a professional filmmaker, he um, like world award winning, really crazy guy, came on the show, and he like explained to me uh, in like our like meet and greet chat we did before, where he's like, um, he was telling me he's like, dude, I'm going to tell you how the three act structure works because my buddy and I were working on a docu on like a mini documentary series nice. at the time, and he was like, dude, when it comes to uh, telling stories with film, he's like, look up the Hollywood three act structure for filming stories, but when you dive into this, if you really dive into this, it's going to ruin every movie for you because you're you're there because you'll know you're, right? you're, yeah you're behind the like it's so funny there's no twist, happens there's all no, the time yeah man yeah it happens all the time and like he explains why like christopher christopher nolan's like dark knight is like a crazy spectacle of like storytelling because mm. as much as you have the beginning middle of the end where like batman fights and then he loses but he has this comeback story right right end of act two and then they, they call it the, the lowest point yeah exactly yes. like the lowest point in the hero's journey yes and, but it's like well now we're gonna add a plot twist it's the to best the timeline, time. right? It's Which the best is like, time. okay, well, the two boats, they might blow each other up, but how does that might... So they yeah, put yeah. that there of course. to allow us to think about, like, this, well, what about, right? And it kind of 100%. keeps us guessing. Man, and people are so focused on reinventing the wheel, bro. It oh, blows it's my mind. Like, stop doing that. If you have a creative yeah. process, just... It, the What works exists for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no. nothing... Dude, my, my story, like, my... The, the the world that I'm building in general is is very reflective on my on my likes and dislikes of yeah. of what I like in fantasy and what I like in all those things like there's there's nothing wrong with that. So it's a fiction like fantasy novel is the idea of it's not a tell all book eh? No not no like no. Yeah. 
I I have like legit like again like legitimately created like a universe from scratch. So it's like uh, oh, cool. think of think of Lord of the Rings. Like yeah. Lord of the Rings was made from scratch. Yeah. Right. Like, like the the world from like where where the world begins. Mm-hmm. Right. From like the where the world that he created begins mm-hmm. all the way to the timeline that we know in the movies. All that has been created. Right. Right from scratch. So like I'm trying to do that and then incorporating or like placing a story or like a checkpoint in mm-hmm. my universe and telling a story within that checkpoint. Now, do you have a uh I love that. But do you have a uh like a process you go through to 100%. get yourself into the like into your like creative zone? Yeah, are you ready yeah. for this, bro? Absolutely. I sit in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I you know how like people yeah. like li- love like steaming hot showers. Some people yeah. love steaming hot Dude, bro, I sit in a steaming hot shower for like a half an hour <laughs> and just fucking go through the experience, just bro. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, uh, some people do not like silence and like being in their own mind. Yeah. Some people like are f- like fear that. And I, I have taught myself through meditation to love it. Yeah. Like meditating is probably like one of the best skills that people can like genuinely create. And I know that there are some people who like, don't understand meditation to the degree that they should mm-hmm. but yeah man 100 percent. like allowing yourself to like just let those creative thoughts flow everyone has creative thoughts like mm-hmm. just just embrace them you need to get away from this this puts you in a headspace distraction is huge oh yeah. dude like and i admit to myself bro like video games get in the way of oh, yeah. a lot of my creative process yeah. i fucking love video games bro yeah like i'm the hands down probably the greatest nerd you know bro. yes and it's like but I, I accept that part of me, and yeah. I love that part of me, but I also definitely understand that it distracts me from doing creative content 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and the reality is is that it's up to me to battle that, right? It's up to, it's up to me to, to set a schedule and follow through with the schedule. 100%. Nice. It's the same thing with, like, anything that we do. Yeah. You, you want to do something, go and do it. Set a schedule, right? And so, like, think about this, man. It's Saturday what do we have to do? Right? Maybe a couple things. Yeah. Take a couple hours, right? Train at some point. Jiu-jitsu. Here and there. Whatever. Yeah. That was, what, what, four hours? Let's say four hours. Yeah, tops. You sleep for eight? Yeah, most. Bro. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. Too much time. It's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the, the come home after work, right? Eight hour yeah. shift. And then, like, you, you sit down and you eat. Okay, well, we're, we're at nine hours. Well, fuck, we only sleep for eight, eight-ish hours. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of time yes. remaining there, and we worked full-time, bro. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it's definitely about, like, just setting a schedule and just doing it. And I struggle with it every day. I admit yeah. it. I struggle with it every day. Every fucking day, man. So, kind of to end a little bit, I want to ask you three, um, a few rapid-fire, or rapid-fire questions, right? Sure. Anything. So, what is the best let's say life advice that you've ever received that stood the test of time lead by example it's my motto nice. of life yeah yeah well said okay. lead by example now what's the worst advice you've ever received damn worst advice that i've ever received um that's a very good question I tend to out, like, just, like, veto bad advice, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. That's and it's fair. just because, like, it's it just carries a negative 
experience most of the time. Like no, that absolutely. person probably gave you that advice based out of fear, right? Yeah, usually. So, yeah. so uh, really, I think probably the biggest thing is like the nine to five thing. Mm-hmm. Like going, like go, it's really unfortunate because my mother gave me this advice, but like going to school and like doing the the nine to five, get a career, uh, grind so for dated. thirty years, yeah, so and dated. get a paycheck at the end of the day. Like I'm not interested. I do. I. I do not, I feel like I don't do that now. Mm-hmm. I do, you know, I do work nine to five and like do my thing, but I worked at nine to five with a job that I absolutely enjoy. Like yeah. I, I love my job, man. I really, nice. really do love my job. Yeah. So it's, it's really hard to, uh, to feel that way. So I'm, I'm glad that I didn't take her advice there. Nice. Um, because, yeah. uh, maybe I would have more money now, but I, I don't think I'd be in the same position I am now. Fair. Do you, um, What's your best advice for a beginner in jiu-jitsu? <clears throat> uh, best advice is probably to go through the motions and uh, check yourself. You know, like understand that nice, you're going like to you're gonna be in a scenario where you're going to be in a scenario where you're you're beginning and you're going through the the motions of learning technique. Ask mm-hmm. questions. Like ask your fellow higher belts questions. They want to talk about jujitsu. They love. Yeah, jiu-jitsu, they want to show you. Yeah, shit. like yeah, the more I know, the more stuff. I want to share. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that being said, go to the people who you know are legit. You know what I mean? Don't ask fellow white belts. I know that that's kind of like a a weird thing to mm. say, but like, don't ask fellow white belts. They they have a very very uh, small idea of what's going on. You know, yeah. ask ask the purple belt that you love rolling with. You know, ask ask the brown belt that you love rolling with. Ask your coach questions, man. Your coach wants to help you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to. And and here's the thing. And I know this is gonna sound really funny, but take privates, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're go huge. get a private, bro. Yeah. They're like what? Sometimes sixty bucks to a hundred bucks. Yes, I, I get it. Sixty to hundred bucks for an hour. You're already paying your membership. I understand. It's not a. But it's not. Dude, I'd start thinking it was an hour real quick, for, and then it'd be like two and a half hours later. Man, I know. I'd be like, guy. oh, I totally forgot. You like you were good. I then if you didn't pay me, I would have forgot. And I'm like, you're the fucking man. man I, I I know a guy Scott, so I love Scott to death. Yeah. Scott Carter, amazing dude. He used to pay John to just beat him up for an hour. Go for a private and just beat up. For what? He used to do that all the time. Take privates with John for an hour and just just roll as hard as he possibly could with John. But that being said, skewing don't don't taking not taking away from that is that yes, go go do the private. Yeah. You know, go do the private and and focus on the fundamentals. Don't check yourself and stop thinking that you are like here when really it's okay to be here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like gradually take the stair step. And focus on your basics. Nice. Now, last kind of thing. Do you have any like final like message overall, or anything you want to leave everybody with from? Uh, from leave today? by example. I literally Perfect. live. I yeah. literally live by that saying. Really and I know that there are times where I fall. I falter from that. Mm-hmm. And I and I respect that. That I I can make mistakes as well. I definitely see that. But yeah, I definitely try to lead by example because I want this world to be a better place. Nice. And if I can leave that excellent like if i if i can leave the hands in my in my son that's coming in the mm-hmm. next four weeks if i can leave a world that's better in my son's hand yeah. and then teach him to do that amazing i can literally change the world yeah, i know that everybody, have a ripple effect, bro the yeah. millennial curse is that everybody wants to change the world everybody right? yeah. everybody wants to leave their impact mm-hmm. change yourself bro yeah, like be be, be the example because then you give that to somebody else and mm-hmm. then they can carry forward. 
Yeah, man. I like that. Much love, bro. That was absolutely yeah. amazing. Now, where did you, uh, where can people, like, connect with you, find you, and uh, stuff before I uh, say farewells? Oh, man, like, in Instagram is always fun. Yeah, I try nice. to, like, do what you're doing, which is, yeah. like, I try to shy away from, like, social medias and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, if you guys are ever on uh, social media, you know, Instagram... Um, definitely on Instagram, uh, nice. P. Jameson, BJJ. Let's go. Um, nice. Lots of jujitsu content, and then hopefully we can get back to the jujitsu content, yeah. making the jujitsu yeah, content, That'd be sick. Uh, and then being able to make like highlight videos of That'd Glenn cool. choking people out. I know, so you didn't say choking you out because no, that, no. that hasn't happened yet. Um, if, if if you choke me out, I've done my job. Just letting you know. <laughs> it's I'm, a win-win, eh? <laughs> I love it, bro. Oh, that's I love awesome. It, man. Right on, dude. So I really appreciate you uh, coming on today, giving me your time, and. Uh, Absolute pre- absolute awesome. Thank you, man. Like the, Thank you. Oh, man, the pleasure was yeah, I look forward to you kicking my ass on uh, Monday. So, fuck I'll right be there. On, dude. Let's go. <laughs> awesome. Thanks.